This is Very Bold Radio and Podcast with your host, Steve Teal, bringing encouragement through God's Word and through inspiring interviews. Go to VeryBold.com for information and updates and email Steve at VeryBold.com. And now here's your host, Steve Teal. All right. Well, we had left with that cliffhanger of, uh, man, you've made the decision to escape. So what can you pick up back where we were talking about that? Yeah. So, so, um, I spoke with my friend, like I said, mm-hmm. and then, um, but he decided not to because his family's his family in abroad uh, were willing to help him to pay his money for him. And then um, I told him that that night I will try to escape. But that very night, there was also this fight going on between the um, Algerian soldiers and the rebels. And there was gunfiring and everywhere. Um, um, There is also um, the passing, like the human trafficker who bought us also had a brother who was living with him. So then when they brought me out of the dark room, Hmm. So his brother, like, I just saw his brother and felt like he has compassion for people. I felt like he wow. didn't agree with what his brother was doing to us, hmm. to me, and to the other guys, like selling them as. So then. Wow. Yeah. So then I spoke with him. I told him that. What do you think of what your brother is doing to us? We are me and you, we are brothers. You are from Senegal, I'm from Gambia. We are we believe to be one people, but what do you think of what your brother is doing to us? You think that is right? Wow. He told me, he also told me that I don't agree with what my brother is doing, and I know it's not right. And he told me that he is only obeying what his brother is asking him to do because. He came there through the responsibility of his brother. So he's only um, doing what his brother is asking him to do. But he also told me that he doesn't agree with what his brother is, is doing. So then I told him that, okay, I would like to have your number in case if I pay my money, then I leave. I would like to still keep in touch with you. Even if you want to come further, I can also just be there for you if you want to leave from here. Wow. Yeah. So he gave me his number that day. So that night when the fight was happening, then um in the middle of the night, I woke up my friend. I told him that I want to go now because we came together from Gambia until there. So and we were brothers, but also family for me. So I told him that I will try to escape now. And then yeah, he didn't want me to go to, but there was there was no way also he could stop me because for me that was um that was the only way to help myself in that mo- at that moment. Yeah. So then, um when I was leaving, I left my bag there, I left everything. I only took one thing with me. I Which took the was? Bible. You took, the, the, Bible. You took <laughs> yeah. the Bible. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Wow. I left my bag, my clothes, everything. I just took the Bible with me. And then also the compound was also, there were security guards also in the compound who normally um, guard the compound at night. But luckily for me that night, 
after the fight, the security guard was also almost asleep when I tried to um, jump to escape. So then I left that night, I jumped from the compound and then with my Bible, then um, based on the description, the people I met there explained to me about how to find my way to go to the garage. I also tried to follow on how they explained it to me. But then um, when I jumped and then I ran for a little bit and there were cars also, police cars patrolling at the time because there was this um tension going on earlier on that night so then at some point i just um yeah i had to try to hide and to make sure that they don't find me and um then i found um an empty building that was going under construction at the time so i went in that building to to hide to be able to spend the whole um the night there and then in the morning um come out from that hiding place to to go and find my way to the garage where I might be able to get a car that will take me to the next place I was planning to go to. So then I spent the whole night in that um, unfinished building, but I couldn't sleep. I was just sitting the whole night holding my Bible with me in the corner of the building, hoping that no one shows or any dogs or, or whatever. Mm. So the whole night I was just there. I couldn't sleep. Yeah. Yeah. And then um, very early in the morning, I came out from my hiding place where I was hiding in the building. And then um, I started to walk towards to try to find where the garage was. Mm -hmm. And then when I was walking that early in the morning, I met with someone. They speak French. <laughs> and then he asked me, like, where are you going? Like when he saw me, he knew that I was. I was a runaway person who tried to escape from from their like um from their masters kind of from the person who wants to trade me. So when he saw me, he was like, "You look like you are running from your from the people you are supposed to um, pay your money to." I'm like, "Yes, I'm running from them, but I need help. Mm. Will you help me and show me where to find the garage?" And then he told me, then he explained to me how to go to the garage. But he also warned me severely that please try and make sure that they don't catch you. And then try and make sure that you don't stay long at the garage because that is the first place they will come to look you for once they realize that you are, you are not there and you are trying to escape. And then that also make me even feel more panic again and more yeah. afraid because that was my first, like, oh, let's say my second day in that con uh, in in that village in a new country, and I don't know even where I was. Yeah, then, mm. yeah, I was very afraid, very yeah. very afraid. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, then, can you real quick just? Uh... I think I missed something. What is the significance of the garage? Why? What is it? The garage? Can you just remind me? So the garage is more of a place where um, it's more of like at the station to pick a car, to take a transportation car to bring me to the next place or to the okay. next city I was going to. Okay. Just like you say here, go to the metro station, train station. Okay. 
But in the in those villages, you always have one big place where like all the cars normally comes to, and where wherever you want to travel to, that is where you are going to pick the car from. Then it will bring you to the Got place it. you are trying to travel to. Yeah. Okay. So garage. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So that that man helps you, so you know where to even go. And he warns you, though, in such a way that you're even more afraid than ever before, it sounds like. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So then I went, then when I arrived at the garage, I went to the, um, to the bus drivers, the taxi drivers. And then, um, I told them that I told them the city I was um, wanting to go to the next destination. And then they charged me the price. And then <laughs> I was having like four din- four thousand dinar with me. That is mm. Algerian money. Okay. But then they charged me five thousand dinar. Mm. So that was the um, price for the destination next destination where I was supposed to go to. So I was shortage of one thousand dinar. So then, <laughs> so now I started to think like if this card doesn't bring me and then the day is getting like brighter and brighter and then they will come. And if they find me there, then that is worse for me. Right. And then the driver also wouldn't agree to bring me because um, my money was not enough. So then they even kick me, like they kick me out of the, of their car, like get out from here. If you don't have enough money, don't come and, try to um, disturb us with your money. Go and look for more. So then um, I left from, so I moved from the car, but around, like in the garage, you also have small business, um, um, businesses going around. So there was a restaurant where people normally comes in the morning to eat breakfast before they go for their daily day um, activities or work they had to do. So then I went, I went into that restaurant so at least hide myself if like if they come to look for me then they will not just find me in an open place yeah, yeah. so i was just hiding in the restaurant there and then with my book and then when i, I was having my book with me the bible <laughs> and then another guy who saw the book with me the bible with me and then came to me and told me that is this a bible you are having with you then I told him, like, yes, it's a Bible. Then he's like, oh, are you a Christian? Then I told him, yes, I'm a Christian. Then the guy also, luckily, he was also a Christian. Luckily for me, he was also a Christian. And then he to- he's from um, yeah, Liberia or Sierra Leone, one of those countries. But I don't remember which one specifically. But he's from one of those countries. And then I explained my situation to him. I told him that... This is how much I'm having. I'm running from this situation and I need to get a car as far as as fast as I can because if they find me here, he also knows what that means. Mm-hmm. So then he also um yeah, then he understands and he really felt sorry for me. Then he told me that let's go to them, let's go back to the drivers and um and appeal to them again and ask them if they can still um take you with them. So then he brought me back again to the taxi drivers. And then together with me, we still appealed to them. They were like, no, we don't have, uh, we are not going to bring you with us because your money is not 
you don't have um enough money for the uh, for the transportation so then we stand next to the car there and then as we were standing there people were coming and entering in the car until like the car got full until it was left only one space and then the guy the taxi driver just looked looked at me mm. and he he doesn't really know what to do about it and then he just looked at me and he's like okay bring your bring your money he was like he said it in a way like he was pissed kind of he was yeah. doing but he doesn't even want to do it but he just took the money <laughs> yeah. yeah wow then he just took the money from me and then pushed me in the car like yeah yeah so that was how i moved from that uh, from that place to and then then you, bring me up to the next destination i was um planning to go to yeah yeah if it wasn't for that and if it wasn't for the the man that was a christian saying let's go back yeah and if it wasn't for one open seat yeah then i mean yeah. you would not have escaped oh. I'm unbelievable okay yeah okay yeah. was that trip so how long a journey was that from the on the taxi or that was a whole day journey so we traveled a whole day till um in the we travel we travel from the morning let's say around 7 6 7 from there and then we arrived to the next um town we were going to around 10 11 at night yeah 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 and then when we also arrived there then now I was completely out of money. Like now I'm dried up. I don't have any single thing left for me. And also for the first time in the journey, now I am alone because then my friend now, I left him there. So then I, then I felt alone again, like mm-hmm. in, a, in a foreign country for the first time, not with my friend, without no money, without no nothing. So then when um, I reached at the next place, then I went up the car and it was late at night as well. Then I just find another place again to sleep on the street outside to just spend the night. And then in the morning, I started walking around. And then I came across other people who were also on the same journey as I was. Wow. And then I find among them, quite some number of them were Gambians, but then I became more close to one of them. And then he was more of... Um, he was quite elderly than me at the time. And then he told me that also he's going on the same journey. And then he was also like um, a former soldier from Gambia. He was a soldier in Gambia, but also going in the same journey as me. Then for me, then I looked to him as a bigger brother. And then I felt kind of safe because then I have someone to walk on the journey with and not alone. Right. Yes. And where were you at this point and where do you hope to go that both of you want to go to? So still we were in Algeria, but okay. from Algeria, like from the border in the main um, border country between Algeria and Mali was where I was coming from. Mm-hmm. And then this guy we met in another village called Tamaraset in Algeria. Okay. Yeah. So this is where I met with him and then we started like um we we joined together to continue the journey yeah we worked for a few weeks in tamara said and then um 
But before that, it was in Tamara said, then I called my brother back home, whom I told like, don't send the money. If I, if, if I make it, you will hear from me. If I don't also, then you will not hear from me. So then I called him and I explained to him that now I'm safe. If he has anything to help me with, I will appreciate it. Then my brother sent me some cars when I was in Algeria there. Mm. that was the money i used for food and also i used then to have a place to sleep to sleep at with this other friend that i just found in yeah yeah yeah. and then i also called my friend that i left behind yeah whose parents were still going to pay his money for him so i called him through the um the the person whose brother like the main guy who was doing the human trafficking yep. business, mm-hmm. his brother, whose number I took when That's I was right. That's so I right. called him through him. So I called him and asked him to give the phone to my friend. So then I was able to communicate, wow. speak to my friend. So then I told my friend that I'm safe, I'm fine. I'll wait him in the place I was at. And he was supposed to come there and meet me because this guy was supposed to bring us there if we pay him the money he was mm. asked from us yeah yeah wow. so then i was still in contact with my friends at that time and you trusted the man's brother to not say you know hey when you when you get there or somebody takes him there you can look for henry there i mean it seems like risky also it was very risky it was yeah. very risky, but it was the only way I could also reach out to my friend. So right. I just took it. And it turns out that the, yeah, he didn't also turn in my uh, my friend to his brother. So yeah. that was love. Yeah. And by God's grace. Yeah. 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 Okay. So then you were going to wait in that, in that town for your friend. Yeah. And is that what happened or you want to tell us what happened next? So I wait for him. I wait for my friend in that town I was at and um, now. And then um, I call him once in a while. And then at some point, I miss communication with him. When I called him, they told me that he is no more there. And then I don't have any other number to reach out to him now. So then I don't have an idea of where he is. Mm. But later on, I came to um, find out about his whereabouts, and then he was in Gambia. <laughs> he was back? He was back in Gambia. <laughs> yeah, so for him, what happened is, what he explained to me, that his parents um, didn't pay his money for him to continue the journey. Like um, his family members who were abroad told him that, they want him to um to help him with a visa application process. So mm. they asked him to go to Burkina Faso for him to go there and apply for a visa there for him to come to the States. So then he also believed them. And then he went back to Burkina Faso. Wow. And then they did the visa application process for him and it failed. They didn't grant him the visa. Then his... um family who are, who are in the States told him that we have tried to help you, but then it didn't work out. So now it's better you go back to Gambia. And he chose, he said, no, he's not going back. He wants to continue on his own. But Burkina Faso was a place 
he couldn't have any job and then he really yeah he also mm -hmm. suffered there a lot at some point he just had to he just had to choose to go back to Gambia because it was the only thing he could do at the time. Right, right. And okay. that's how he left back to Gambia. And then I was still in Algeria waiting for him. Then I came to yeah. hear from some friends of mine that who are in Gambia, like, hey, this friend of yours <laughs> whom you started the journey with is here yeah. in Gambia. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. Because for how long were you then I was, in Al Algeria? I was in Algeria for four good months. Okay, four months. Four months, yeah. yeah. Just waiting and hoping that he would show up and you would connect. But at the same time, working also. And yeah. at the same time, other things also happened for me, to me as well personally, which was also which also made my stay there also to even go longer as well, aside from just waiting for him also. Okay. So good things were happening for you or bad things i would say both both okay so the good thing is now i have someone i was doing like um i was with and we were both planning to go together to make it from algeria to go to libya okay. so then we are we were all looking for work so then we moved from one city to another and then from Tamaraset, where I was when I left from Timiami, now I came to from Tamaraset to Urigila, me and my this new friend, yeah. who, who was a soldier back then when uh, mm -hmm. in Gambia. Right. So because I see him as a bigger brother and an elder brother, whenever I go out to work, when I come home, whatever they pay me, I was doing jobs which like they pay me either on weekly basis on on daily basics if i finish the job that you gave me you just give me my money then i go home so that was the kind of work i was doing like still construction painting um working um in the fields just any kinds of work right. that was or cleaning whatever right so when they pay me my money i always come and give it to him for him to catch it for me because now we want to uh, we were all we are the two of us we are going in the same Right. Make it to Libya, mm. and he also told me that he he's a captain. He knows how to drive the boat to make it from Libya to Italy. So wow. then he told me that all we need is to look for the transportation, the money to pay the the um the fare from Libya, uh, from Algeria to Libya. And once we are in Libya, then he will be. Because if you are the captain, they always give you one person for free who is not oh. going to because of your skills and your knowledge to be able to ride the boat. Yeah. So he, he promised me that when we make it to Libya, he will bring me for in that way, then I don't need to pay. Right. So then we, I was hoping it's it's going to be that way as well. So then I was working whenever I come from work, I give him, and then we were um yeah, we were making money and then, um, how to call it? We were making savings. And then at the end, when we have the amount we needed, then we would have go to Libya. Right. But whilst we were doing that in Origla, there was a camp we were living in, like a camp in the sense of like um, a center, a very big center. And in that center, it has all kinds of different nationalities, different people who were living there. And that place, 
um, it's more than thousands, two thousands or three thousand even I would say people living there and the life there was, yeah, it was not healthy. It was not, um, yeah, it was a very rough life. Yeah. This center we were living at, so it's more of like just for you to sleep and then in the morning go out, go and look for a job. But in the center there also, we had all kinds of smaller business going within that, like a ghetto life kind of. Yeah. Yeah, like you have this small restaurant, small selling, small shops, people sell cigarettes and also other drugs like horses and other marijuana and other things. Right. They have been sold in that center. And that center had like, um, it's a very big center, but it only had one entrance. And then people have small, small, small um, rooms kind of where like they, you decorate it on your own and then like, a, um, how do you call it? A cloth kind of that you just use to make a small space for yourself. And then the the, uh, the next person do the same and another person and another person. But in that center also, people were using gases to, pre- to make food. So then what happened one fine day, that place, um, fire outbreak happened. Uh, it happened to court. Like there was a fire outbreak that came in that place. And then I, like I told you, it has only like one main entrance. Oh no! Inside and one main entry, uh, one entry uh, exit as well. So all the activities going on was just through one door in and out. Oh my so god! When the fire outbreak came out, unluckily for us, before um when it had power, like the fire started small, but then at some point when it became more and more um powerful, then it blocked the exit way to the main no. outside. So then the only people who were able to escape from that fire outbreak were the ones who were able to go out before it closed the main exit. Mm -hmm. So then for me, luckily, I was among those first ones. And it happened late at night, around 3 to 4 in the morning. And then I was among the people who were able to go outside. But that was also the time I lost my Bible with me. Oh, yeah. I just, when I woke up, I just had to run to, um, I even right. forgot about the Bible, actually. Yeah. yeah. But then when I was, went outside and then the fire closed the door, like blocked the main exit, then no one could come out. And then, remember, there are gases also in this. Oh, my uh, gosh, right. And then gases, explosion started to happen. And then people started crying. People started burning like human beings. We are who are outside. We are standing outside. And then you can see people crying and burning it like. Oh, my gosh. There's nothing you could do to save them. And the only thing they could do to escape, they had to climb over the fence. And the fence was high. At the same time, they also had like... um. We call them barbware, but I don't know. It's English. Yeah, yeah. It's called barbware. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. They also put that on top of the fence. So even if you are able to reach the fence, you still have to go over the barbware to be able to escape. Oh, my gosh. People died. Yeah. Like they born and they died. And we who were outside, we are looking at them and we couldn't do anything. Right. A lot of people died on that day. Right. 
Was your friend, your friend was with you though, your older friend? Yes, then my this friend also, he didn't um went, he didn't, he was not able to escape through the exit door, but he jumped <laughs> over the fence and then he's, his own, he broke his uncle, like his leg, yeah. the uncle broke off, yeah. So, yeah. Wow. Yeah. And I mean, so later on, the Algerian um, fire, fire, fire service came to help, but it was too late. Right. Then a lot of people died, and yeah, yeah. But that was how they were. Then they came to help, but it was too late. Also, and right. many people lost their lives, and I also know people who died there, whom I was living with, eating with them, working with right. them, playing games, and doing life together with. Right. They died and. Yeah. Yeah. That was very hard for us and we were all yeah, the survivors we struggled. We struggled. Yeah. 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 And when that center got born, then we had nowhere to go again. Right. We went to the street. We went back to the street. Then I was living on the street. Gosh. Yeah. I was living on the street. You had, uh, you had your, you grabbed your money, at so, least. So the money, the one that was in my pocket, <clears throat> I had that one. Okay. So then the other one I gave my my other friend also. He was he luckily he also had the money with him and then he escaped. Yeah. So we had our money with okay. us. Okay. Yeah. All right. Okay. Yeah. So then after that. When that happened, then two days later on, my dad passed away in Gambia. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. This is how many years ago now? I mean, this is, yeah, when, when was this about? It's 2015. 2015. Wow. Yeah. yeah. So my dad passed away. And a night before he passed away, I dreamt of him and... I saw him in my dream, and when I woke up in the morning, I tried to call him. I called his phone, and then my brother answered and told me that I'm just at the hospital. Dad passed away. Wow. Oh, my gosh. Wow. Yeah. So then I was, yeah, because I also know when I was leaving, my dad didn't want me to live the way I did. Right. So I was still struggling with those thoughts and those um emotions in me, like my dad has passed away. I will not be at his funeral. And you know, when I was leaving, he didn't agree with me to go. And now he is dead. He's gone forever. I will never I will never see him again. After just coming from from a fire outbreak where I was luckily able to survive by, by the help of God. Right. And two days later, me calling my dad and then he's gone. Yeah. I really struggled those times. Like I struggled a lot. It gives me a lot of stress and I was blind. I did not know what to do. I was living on the street. Right. And at this point still spiritually you're you're not born again is that correct at this point i would say i i still believed in god right but then i am i cannot say my relationship he was my only hope 
but there were so many things also I didn't know about him at this point, I would say. Okay, okay. Even though I had my Bible with me in the whole journey, my hope has always been God. But I also know that there were things I was doing which were not godly. Mm-hmm. I was smoking at the time, I was drinking, but I don't say that is ungodly. Mm-hmm. But for me, I was just living life and not making God the priority of my life. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So wow. when my dad passed away a week later, yeah. Uh, this other bigger brother of mine that I was with also ran with the money. Me and him worked together and left me stranded in that place. And he went to Libya with with a whole money. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. He ran. He left me there stranded i had nothing the only money i had was my pocket money i was using just to eat <clears throat> when that happened i felt that i was caused right when that passed away the fire outbreak the guy ran with the money i felt Unbe- that unbelievable right yeah. I, I i i didn't want to do anything with nobody in life right i didn't want to have friends with me all I was doing is just waking up in the morning, go buy whatsoever I had to buy, like hashish, cigarettes, smoke. I was really, really, it was hard. Yeah. I don't know how to put it in words, but. Yeah. Right. Right. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right, let me, uh, we're going to pause real quick. Let me pause. So just Steve Teal, very bold radio and podcast here in San Antonio, Texas, in the good old United States of America, um, hearing an amazing, amazing testimony of uh, Henry Jarju. And Henry, we just want to take, we're taking a pause. There's so much to this story and Henry knows how much more and David has a hint of how much more um, I feel like I'm watching, you know, like a TV movie series of mm-hmm. just these incredible, I want to say ups and downs, but so far it's a lot of valleys, you know, a lot of hard, hard things that you are, are reliving as you're going through them and, and sharing in great detail. So we've decided just understanding that there's a lot more to the story that we're going to take a break today and we'll, you know, we'll return in a couple of days to hear more of the story. Um, it's incredible. And we really appreciate you sharing. Um, so I just want to let our listeners know that that's what's going on. We're, we've got another cliffhanger as you know, thankfully spoiler alert, here you are today. Thank you. By the grace of God, as you yourself said, um, God has an incredible purpose, you know, for you. I believe he has that for all of us, but I mean, what you have been through that you've been able to recount for us today is just mind boggling and just incredible. So thanks. Thanks be to God that you are here 
and that God has so much in front of you. Uh, what you've been through is just crazy. But even just knowing that my my goodness, you know, God has your fiance for you and this new whatever this next chapter is is just incredible. So I feel like somebody listening, uh, I can't imagine that somebody's going through what you've gone through. Um, but I'm hoping that they're getting s- some hope from this because your story, I- I've never been anything <laughs> near this. And somebody listening, though, hopefully is getting hope, maybe because they're just in a, a real state of depression and and fear for whatever their circumstances are. But I can't imagine, you know, yeah. So maybe they're getting hope because you've been through this thing and here you are today and God has done a great, great work and God was with you every step of the way, even when you were not yet living for him, you know, you were not, you were still just trying to survive and had not yet really called out to God and said, I need you. And yet God was in it all. It's not like God was like, well, I'm not going to help Henry until he gets his story together, gets his act together. He was with you every step of the way. I mean, he, so it's incredible story and um, I'm looking forward to hearing more, but um, we'll just take a pause for now and uh, David or Henry, anything you want to say just as we pause this chapter? No. No, I don't think so. I just thought maybe we could ask Henry just to close this time in, in prayer, maybe. Yeah, I want to close this time in prayer. I just didn't know if we need it on video or if I'd just pause. Yeah. Uh, I just want to say whosoever might be listening there and felt, oh. like, felt down or they don't have hope, I just want to encourage them that there's always hope as far as you are alive. And God sees you in any situation you are going through. Yeah. Um, I want to encourage them that yeah. keep holding on to him. And also you'll hear the rest um, from me. And I hope that can inspire them and help them to um, come to find who God is, but also their meaning, their meaning, um, their purpose of life to find it in accordance with what God has for them. Mm. That's good. Well, why don't we kind of ask you, Henry, as part of the video, would you mind just taking a, a, a praying like David was talking about, praying for somebody who's watching or listening later? Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. All right. Why don't we close this session with that? And then you and the, the three of us will talk off air for a minute. Yeah, that's good. All right. Okay. Hey, Lord Jesus, we thank you for this time, Father, and Yes. Yeah, this is not about me, God. I'm only sharing what you have done in my life, God. And I just pray that whosoever is hearing this VM, this message, this testimony about your goodness, about your faithfulness over my life, whosoever might be down and feel like the wall is against him and feel like there's no hope, Father God, I pray that this um this video will touch their hearts, Father God, and bring them and draw them closer to you, Lord. I pray humbly, Father, that the hopeless can have can find hope in you, God. I just bless whosoever is listening to this message, God, and may they find hope in your name, God. Touch their hearts, Heavenly Father, 
your spirit that lives in us, our Father God. I release it to whosoever is listening to this video, God, and whosoever might feel like they are alone in this world, God. I just pray that, Heavenly Father, that you are going to comfort them as you have been with me, being in the wilderness, Father God, being in the prison, Lord Jesus. Even when I did not know that you um, you were walking through me in all these things, but now, Father God, thank you that I can sit today and know about your goodness and your faithfulness. And I pray for those who feel the same too. Let your spirit touch them, Heavenly Father, just as you have touched me and whosoever has made it in a similar way as well, God. There is hope as long as we are living and as long as we have you in our lives, Father. I bless your name, God. We honor you. We thank you for this time. And we hope that you will also touch those who are listening from this conversation. We love you, God. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 All right. We will uh, pause here and we'll be back for session three, um, which is just going to be incredible. So, all right. I'm Steve Teal, and that is Henry Jarju and my son, David Teal, and they're in Amsterdam. And, um, and just we're grateful for this story that we're getting to hear. We'll be back. Very Bold Radio and Podcast with your host, Steve Teal, bringing encouragement through God's Word and through inspiring interviews. Go to VeryBold.com for information and updates and email Steve at VeryBold.com. Steve at VeryBold.com.